Hi, I'm Jesse. We've arrived at yet another difficult teaching. Not difficult so much to understand. That will come in verse 15. It's just difficult to accept culturally today. Paul is instructing by the power of the Holy Spirit, women in the church to learn in quiet submission. That's verse 11. Here's 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. I do not allow a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed. This is something that atheists will point to and say, like, look at that. The whole gospel is untrue. The Bible's untrue. God's not real. I disavow Jesus. And they live in flagrant disobedience. And it's, uh, it's, it's actually very common. This is the most flagrantly offensive passage in the Bible for now. It wasn't like five minutes ago. But now today it is. It's true. This is what God said. He's that I, I do not allow a woman to teach or have authority over a man. That's Chapter 2, verse 12. So let's talk about those two things. One thing, it's, it's done with the apostolic authority of Paul. Paul is the one who planted the church of Corinth. He encountered Jesus as the author of much of the New Testament. And by his apostolic authority, he forbids women from teaching in the context of church. Okay, when I say church, what I'm referring to is the gathering of the believers for the authoritative interpretation of scripture in the context of a worship service. Paul forbids that. Yeah, but Jesse, at my church, we disobey that. Okay, you disobey it, but this is what it says. Paul forbids that. And it also goes on to say, or have authority over a man. Again, this is in the context of the church. Some of my favorite beloved pastors have gone on to try to take this and even apply this in the context of secular government and things like that. No, this is, this is literally in the pastoral epistles. This is, this is 1 Timothy. These are the, the, these are the books whereby we see the, the standards for pastors and deacons and then deacons' wives. See our, our upcoming chapter that's next. This is where Paul lays out the bar. Like this, is where, this is where the standard is met. And when we fall short of it, we repent. But we don't lower it to accommodate our own tastes. When he, by that apostolic authority, forbids women from teaching or having authority over men, this is what brings you face to face with say like my fellow pastors, you know, the, your staff flowchart. Just have, you know, have the integrity to look at it and say, yeah, we're in disobedience with 1 Timothy chapter two, verse, verse, uh, verse 12 and 13 and 14. But don't pretend like these verses don't say what they say. Right? Uh, I, I, I'm worried about that. I see that quite prevalently. You can see like a, a, a chapter that very patently, obviously, clearly, prima facie says, God does not want women to teach in the church. And then say like, I think women should teach in the church. Like, come on, let's practice basic reading comprehension and let's treat this like it's the word of God, not something else. You can use context to interpret. That was the context of Ephesus. That was the context of Corinth. Yes, you did have temple prostitutes who were getting saved and then five minutes later coming into the church to teach. And it's like, hang on a second, sit down and learn first. Yeah, I mean, I get that. But when you use context, not to reveal the original intent of scripture, but to directly controvert what the Bible says, you're no longer treating this like the word of God. You're trying to make it say what you want it to say. You're not submitting to the word of God. 
and you'll answer to God for that. And right now, you're sharpening your ad hominem attacks against me. I've experienced it, believe me. I've been, I've been hit by so many arrows because I've just read this book out loud. And they've all hit me in the back because they've come from fellow Christians. Christian, buck up. This is the Bible. You either believe it or you don't. Don't pretend like it says the opposite of what it clearly, obviously says. Yeah, but Jesse, I'm a woman and God called me to be a pastor. That wasn't God. This is what God said. Something else called you to be a pastor. Yes, I believe you have the gift of teaching. I love Beth Moore's books. I've gone to hear her speak before. Everything that came out of her mouth the day that I saw her speak was biblically rock solid. That was not the context of a church. You speak, as a woman, you'll speak before bigger crowds than I ever will. There's only one platform that God tells women to be silent in, and that is the context of the corporate gathering of the body of believers. This is what the Word of God says. It does not say the opposite of what it says. Paul, by apostolic authority, forbids women from teaching in church or having authority right, within the, uh, over a man in the context of a church. So in the context of a women's ministry, for example, by all means, uh, a team that is run entirely by women to the glory of God abides by this standard. Moreover, I would give the example of, say, a ministry of the Redemption Church. Say that there's like uh, an exotic dance club down the street from the church, and uh, we learn that it's being staffed with women who are in profound need, and we want to reach out to them and share the gospel with them and meet their needs. And so when we rally a team, and I'm, I'm gathering with some of our leaders, like, I'm not going to let any men serve on that team. <laughs> I'm going to ask, like, my sisters in Christ, would you guys please, ladies, would you please build a team to go make this ministry happen? Because I'm not, I'm not as a pastor, going to go send a bunch of men into a strip club to minister to women. I just won't do that. We as men cannot do that. There are forms of ministry that women can do that men absolutely cannot do, that we just are not fit to do. We're not able to do. Now, is it grotesquely offensive of me to say the same thing is true of men? There are things that there are offices in the church that men are called to. Paul refers to the very nature of men and women to make his case. I do not allow a woman to teach or have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. That's what verse 12 says. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. See, we've, all, we've gone all the way back to the very beginning here. And Adam was not deceived. But the woman was deceived and transgressed. So he refers all the way to the very origin of men and women to make his case. This is part of what we receive from the very beginning. It was foreshadowed in Genesis chapter 3. Your will will be to your husband and yet he will rule over you is what God pronounced when he spoke to Eve. And that has been true ever since. The, this struggle, this difficulty. Especially when you have like brilliant women married to kind of stupid men. <laughs> I've done a lot of marital counseling like that. Like, Jesse, the Bible tells me to submit to my husband, but what do I do if he's a moron? 
Like, well, this, the text still says this. I've never seen God abandon such a woman. God always takes care of them. And even, I, I, I find that he even blesses them all the more if they try to, if they, they, they love their moron and they follow their moron's lead. God works to that moron, by the way. And he can tell that moron to lead his family well. And that moron maybe not, not be so moronic by the time the Holy Spirit of God is done with him and he's sanctified before God. That's a good and God-honoring thing. I have immense respect for women who look at the scripture and they're like, I got to follow your lead. So that means you got to lead, man. And they're looking at your church. You're like, okay, this, 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 this text tells me to, to submit to the leadership of a man in my church, but where are the men in my church? Okay, men step up. Because ever since Genesis, this has been the case. That tension has been the case. This very tension you're feeling right now as you listen to this or watch this, that has been the case since Genesis 3 in Eden, where Eve is the one who transgressed. Adam was right there, by the way. Don't let Adam totally off the hook. Adam watched it all go down. He's the one who received the initial word from God. But Eve listened to the serpent who added on to the word of God. I'm so struck by the irony of it too because the egalitarian, complementarian debate in the church today is literally the same thing. It's Eve listening to the serpent try to add on to or contort or take away from the very clear word of God. Like of all the illustrations that Paul could have used by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He uses the one that hits right on the head exactly what is happening in the church today. Eve, don't listen to the serpent who's asking you, did God really say that women are supposed to learn in quiet submission? Did God really say that he forbids women to lead in the church over men or to teach in the church in the corporate worship service? Did God really say that? No, he didn't really say that. What he really said is this. What he really said is that. What he really said is that you are a pastor. You can dominate men, that this guy teaching you this stuff is just full of it. In fact, what's his angle? What's his deal? Let me go dig up his past and blast it in his face. Like, no. Did God really say, that's the tactic of the devil. The tension that exists on this matter was prophesied by God upon the pronouncement of the curse in Genesis chapter three. That tension exists today. Your will will be to your husband and yet he will rule over you. Yes, I know about Deborah. She's the strongest and most literally militant complementarian in the history of the world. She's a perfect example of what happens when men don't lead. Women will step up, perfectly capable of leading. It's not a matter of equality. This is why I object to the nomenclature of egalitarian. I'm not on the opposite side of egalitarianism. I'm on the opposite side of unbiblical worldviews. This is what God said. God blesses us when we abide by this. Whether or not it's culturally popular, it's totally irrelevant. What matters eternally is the word of God, because not one stroke of the pen from the law will disappear, and the word of the Lord will stand forever. Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed. Now tomorrow's verse, verse 15, that is quite difficult to interpret. Today's text is very clear, it's just controversial. Tomorrow's, not quite so clear. Let's dive in.